Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code Food Heals. Food Heals Podcast, episode 164. Well, we never even run a store before, so all hell broke loose. You know, we break machines, like... Fruit flying in the air. <laughs> well, you see, <laughs> not far off. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm her co-host, Susie Hardy. If you've ever dreamed of quitting your job and following your passion, you're going to love today's guest, Michael Filippo. He is the owner of Frozen Fruit Co. in lovely, beautiful, sunny Santa Monica with his wife, Victoria. They trekked all the way from London to bring their dreams of making vegan, fruity, not quite ice cream, not quite soft serve to the States, but I can tell you, Susie can tell you, it's delicious. It's delicious. And you know what? I realized that I think I ate pretty much three servings you ate of three it servings. in yeah. front of Facebook Live. Yeah, you did. So thanks, Allie. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but it was really, really good. It was, so... it was really, really good. And you guys know how I feel about fruit. I mean, yeah. they had one coconut chocolate version, mm. which you dug into. I was obsessed with I'm that I'm more one. obsessed with the fruity. I had a pineapple passion fruit. Mm-hmm. I had a stra- straight up strawberry, which is delicious, and I had a raspberry orange. I polished them off, and I'm really sorry, Roxy. I didn't leave you any samples of those. <laughs> they were that g- I will buy you some. I will drive you to Santa Monica, and I'll buy you some. They were that good. They were that good. Oh, we have some special announcements. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I'm still remembering earlier afternoon of delicious delicious ice cream. It I know. So good. It was so Podcast good. Podcast movement is coming to sunny Anaheim, California, on August 23rd to August 25th. Yes, I'll be there. And right now, you can save fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. That's right, folks. Just kidding. By using our coupon. How much? Fifty dollars. I just think it's a lot. I'm really impressed with that number that they gave us that. Um, Use our coupon code FOODHEALS at podcastmovement.com. There is nothing like it to learn everything you need to know about podcasting. Trust us. We had to figure it out for ourselves. You'll have the opportunity (laughs) opportunity to to participate in your choice of over 80 breakout sessions. I just said 80. 80 breakout sessions and panels, including sessions on the technical track, the creator's track, the business track, the industry track, and more. And more. Just kidding. Plus, they have a really fabulous lineup of speakers, including some of my favorite uh, podcasters like Smart Passive Income's Pat Flynn, Facebook Queen and Online Marketing Made Easy podcast host Amy Porterfield. They've got Dan Carlin from Hardcore History. So many podcasters, online marketing experts, just the people that you need to learn from. 
and some of our favorite former podcast guests like John Lee Dumas, Kate Erickson, and Chris Gillibo will also be there. It's an amazing lineup, and you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Um, She's singing, folks. <laughs> you know what that means. It's good. It's hard for me to convey my excitement sometimes because we write out what we're going to say, and then it sounds like we are doing these infomercials. But you the- always worry about that. I but do. I'd stop it. But the truth is that attending Podcast Movement was so phenomenal for me. And so I want to extend the opportunity to any Food Heals Nation listeners who also might be thinking about starting a podcast or have a podcast and want to learn from the best of the best. Podcast Movement has helped me implement some crazy cool podcast ideas I would never have thought of. Well, you know what? You can do experimentation and you can try things on your own or you can go and listen to people who have tried it and figured it out and learn from them. Yeah, absolutely. And the networking is so great. Like I've met people there that we've been able to interview. I've met people there that have really helped me or I've been able to help them. And so it's super rewarding. And this year, I'm actually not only attending, but I'm speaking. And so I'm super honored to be there giving two talks. I'm going to be on a panel discussing how to go beyond the ears and downloads, getting to know your podcast audience. So we're going to talk about tips on how to stay focused on pleasing your audience, not just the industry stats. And then I'm going to be doing a virtual course. So when you sign up for Podcast Movement, you're going to get access to all these digital courses as well as part of your ticket. And that's unique strategies to market and monetize your podcast. And if you sign up for Podcast movement using the coupon code food heals i will personally send you the virtual talk august 1st that is three weeks before the public gets to see it so i'd love to have you there i hope you'll join me use the coupon code food heals to get 50 dollars off your ticket and i just want to add that Susie and i are not affiliates of podcast movement they did not sponsor this episode i reached out to the organizers and i said can I have a discount code for Food Heals Nation? Because that's how much I believe in it. And I wanted to offer a discount to all you budding podcasters out there or to those of you who may have a podcast, you're thinking about going and you haven't decided yet, you can get $50 off using our code foodheals at podcastmovement.com. And what's our second announcement, Allie? Our second announcement is if you want to make money doing what you love, we have a course for you. Over two weeks of Whitney Lauritsen, the Eco Vegan Gals Creative Wealth Course, you'll receive the skills, the tools, the tips to help you break through financial blocks, get clear on your goals, grow your audience, and find the revenue generation strategies that work best for you. And when you sign up, you won't just get the Creative Wealth Course, you'll also get two fabulous bonuses they are fabulous you'll get three months access i said three to the food heals vip club (laughs) i like your enthusiasm i'm excited we've never had our own vip club it's exciting we've gotten people asking us about it i know with never before heard podcast episodes like the power of podcasting with kate erickson how to banish negative thoughts and create a life of abundance with Alita McDaniel. Love her. Also, how to make your passion your paycheck with Alita McDaniel. Love her again. (laughs) (laughs) How to create engaged and profitable Facebook groups with Jill Stanton and so much more. And so much more. And you'll also get three manifestation meditations guided by Susie herself. That's me. That's you. You're going to learn how to release anxiety and finally find peace. You're going to learn how to attract abundance into all areas of your life and remove creative blocks and find divine inspiration. All of which will help you to dive into your mission-driven business. Go to foodhealsnation.com slash Whitney to enroll and we will send you all of the bonuses in August. 
Next up, our interview with Michael. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. Today we're here with a very cool guest, Michael from Frozen Fruit Co. He's super cool. He brought us frozen treats. And the frozen treats were super cool as well. They were delicious. <laughs> Michael quit the rat race to follow his dream of setting up Frozen Fruit Co., a Santa Monica-based company, selling delicious, healthy fruit swirls with his wife, Victoria. Michael and Victoria used to be London-based lawyers. They left the grind of the 9 to 5 and founded Frozen Fruit Co. They both have a massive sweet tooth, but oh, at the me si- too. <laughs> So do I. But at the same time are conscious about what they eat. Two things that don't always go together. So they created their dairy-free, gluten-free, paleo vegan fruit swirls which contain no high fructose corn syrup no artificial flavors colors or preservatives that's my kind of ice cream (laughs) it was delicious it wasn't long before they were awarded a bbc good food award I feel like I need to say this in a British accent. Please it wasn't, do. It wasn't long before they were awarded a BBC Good Food Award. That's my BBC voice, I by like the way. It. That's, That's a very really specific British tone. And were able to quit their lawyer jobs and move to LA to follow their dreams. I love it. Welcome, Michael. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for quitting your lawyering and moving to LA. Yes. Definitely a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> the better choice. <laughs> <laughs> So we know you brought us some goodies to taste, but let's just start from the beginning. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? So my name is Michael and with my wife, Victoria, we uh, opened Frozen Fruit Co. in Santa Monica last June. Uh, the second, thank you very much. Last June, we actually had our first birthday this Sunday. Nice. So Congrats! We got, yeah, we done like a free dessert day, which was complete chaos. Wait, but your wife also just gave you just gave birth. You had a birthday and another birthday. <laughs> yeah. So let's just tell our audience congratulations. You're a new papa. Yeah, thank you very much, baby Esmeralda, two weeks old. Um, which is uh, it's been fantastic, but a real whirlwind trying to you know run the store and everything else, but it's perfect. Um, so yeah, we launched it last year and we are originally from both from London, if you can't tell from the accent. And um, we both- I thought you were from Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they speak properly in Ohio. <laughs> they do, they totally do. And um, so yeah, we um, originally we started off our lives both as lawyers, we were both working in the same law firm. And really, we kind of... Wait, aren't you called barristers over there? No, well, you are. But um, we were solicitors, which gets really complicated when you come to the States. Because when you say you're a solicitor, people just give you... It sounds like sales. Yeah, people give you a very odd look, which I Well, I think of something else, though. When they say soliciting. Soliciting is like soliciting prostitution. Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, either way, it doesn't work. No, either way, it does not work. So you're lawyers. Got it. So yeah, so we met um, at a law firm. Our firm paid us to do us an MBA because it was kind of the financial crisis and they needed a year out to kind of reconfigure themselves. So they paid for us all to do an MBA and that's where we met. And we went to um, Southampton and they put us on this naval base where basically they set us on this ship sinking simulator for the Navy. What? Yeah, it was literally drowning you, but then kind of reviving you type experience. For your MBA? Yeah, this was kind of like team building, but team building by kind of promoting death. What the hell's going on over there in England? Yeah, and no the, wonder you came over here. This is why you're in sunny Santa Monica. <laughs> yeah. The the funny bit was we we went you went in in two teams and uh, we hadn't seen each other by that point. I I went on second and she went on first. And the funny bit the, these ships are worth billions of dollars. And is that what your hat is? No, no. Yeah, this is this else. yeah this is something else. And um, the way they fix them is they just get a giant cork stop. Like imagine like a for a bottle of wine they get one of those and if someone shoots a hole in your boat you stick one of those in and yeah. and you hammer it in. 
and that's uh that sounds scary yeah but while that's happening basically water's coming at you at you know thousands of pressure and pulling you over the pace and you're basically drowning it was how was this training for the law yeah this it wasn't <laughs> i just understand i totally understand why you went to uh fruit desserts yes i get it okay. it was it was traumatic <laughs> <laughs> yeah hence what i'm talking about but um and then so we we actually met that evening and we just really bonded and you know kind of we were inseparable from the nba and we spent our whole year together and you know and then we worked in the same law firm and we always kind of the nba kind of planted a seed for us of wanting to start business and lawyers weren't really for us you know i it just wasn't my cup of tea or hers and we were both kind of health conscious and one of the hardest things about being a lawyer at that time was you kind of just sat at a desk and you're working long hours and you just grab whatever's closest to you you don't have time to kind of grab lunch or anything healthy and i found over those two years when i was there like i ballooned to like 15 odd stone you know and um it was like probably the most unhealthy i've ever been Mm -hmm. and we were kind of like well we want to do something with business but we just couldn't come up with the idea and so one day we were kind of, and we loved frozen treats, like loved them, like loved ice cream at the time and loved all that stuff. And that's one of the reasons why I was packing on the pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one day I came home kind of super fed up for my job. Just like, I just can't stand this anymore. And Victoria was like, go to the freezer. What's in the freezer? And opened the freezer and she made this strawberry and mango kind of mix, which was our first ever recipe. And um, I, I tried it and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And we used like Alfonso mangoes for it and strawberries. And it was kind of like, that was our light bulb moment why can't you make kind of a frozen treat, which is a simple ingredient list, but big on flavor and still has that taste and texture. And we started looking into it more and more. And really what we found was that we got put off from the idea because we were like, someone would have done this by now. And it's not sorbet because we don't add water or anything like that because a lot of people think it's sorbet. And, but we just kept on coming back to the idea and coming back to it. And it kind of grew from there. We so was it just pureed fruit? Because they have those machines now. You can put frozen fruit in and make like a treat like you're describing. Yeah. Is it similar? The closest comparison is like a frozen smoothie. Or mm-hmm. differences between sorbet and what we do is so sorbet you use a sugar syrup base mm-hmm. and you add water and you mm-hmm. add sugar, more sugar, more sugar, more sugar. And then you flavor it with your fruit. And the good sorbets will use, you know, pure fruit purees and like the really good fruit. Cheaper ones will use artificial flavors. And, you know, but you're always left with that cooing taste and it's the fruit is kind of like an, an afterthought to the sugar syrup solution. Well, and what we do is we don't use kind of any individual base because the whole point of that is use the water and sugar to make it cheap and yeah. you can bulk it out. Right. So we use the whole fruit and it means that um, every flavor we make is different because there's no common base. So what happens is the texture is slightly different, the flavor is slightly different and you get such an intense natural flavor from the fruits because we let them do all the individual work. Um, it makes it a lot more expensive, but the quality and the taste is so much better and you don't have any of the downside because it's all natural fruit sugars and we only sweeten it with fruit sugars. And, so. and you're probably satiated by it. You don't need as much because you have that intense flavor. And yeah, I would imagine. And you can eat a lot. I'm like, going to find out soon. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, we went to an ice cream course and just to learn how you make make it like complete novice. And when we told them about it, they were like, no, you can't do this. You've got to, you've got to just make it, it like a sorbet. Done. Yeah, like it's really, the industry is kind of a bit old school in that sense. It's got to be your dairy base or you've got to have some common base. The base is the king. Um, and for like ice creams and things like that, but we didn't want to do that. We wanted to do something different and show kind of really what you can do. And you can eat a lot of what we eat. We, when we went on that course, we ate a lot of ice cream and I've never felt worse in my life. I thought I was going to like <laughs> murder someone at the end. I was so high on sugar, <laughs> but I've eaten bucket loads of our stuff and I've never gone got sugar high or crazy because it's all 
low GI, it's natural release, it releases much more slowly into your bloodstream. So it's kind of a good kind of sugar to have. Allie, I'm getting so that happy excited. feeling. I love fruit. If you've ever heard of our, ep- there's some episodes where mm-hmm. I really just profess my love of fruit. And I hate it when I hear, oh, fruit sugar is just as bad as cane sh-. No, it's no, not. It's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. So I love it when I have people on that support that. No, <laughs> I love that. And you're one of the first people I've heard who actually admit about fruit sugars as well being not as bad as other fruit sugars. There's this real bad press at the moment about fruit sugars are worse. And it's like, no, it's not. You can eat as no one got fat or exactly anything from eating or got diabetes or from exactly. eating so much fruit. It's no. just, it's not. It's, it's how it's your body processes it. And cookies and exactly. cakes. It's not from freaking pineapple and ma- even the high high sugar ones, pineapple, mango. No, no one got diseases from eating those. Well, yeah. there's just such a misconception in the media a lot of the times that all fats are the same, that all calories are the right. same, that all sugars are the same. And that's simply not true. Calories in, calories out model is not the right model. That's what our parents were taught. That's what we were taught when we were younger. But that is not scientific and it makes no sense. But it's simple. So our brains go, oh, that makes sense. But in reality, I'm sure that was promulgated by one of the sugar conglomerates out there that want to be like, oh, no, no, fruit is just as bad. It's just as bad. Or I'm sure someone's behind it, but I don't know who. (laughs) But your your point about the calories in, calories out is such an old school way of thinking. Right. We see it so much. So many people and the first thing they want to what's the calories in this what's the calories in that and i think carbs are kind of going through that now as well uh, yeah <laughs> and now it's now it's people focusing more on sugars um but it's about what the type of sugars you're getting and what's the type of carbs you're getting and you know it's about a balanced diet and getting the right ones not you know your refined sugars or your refined carbs that just go straight through you like that right um and we in terms of sweetening them we have to you have to sweet them for two reasons one it would just be too tart and you've got to get it to like that dessert level um and secondly it helps with the freezing process so it's all the chemistry behind it is all kind of like you just have to get it frozen as quickly as possible and actually natural fruit sugars help get in the way of water so you get a smoother texture when it freezes so we Mm. use um dates or we use apple parent peach which is just kind of like a macerated version of those free fruits just to naturally sweeten it and bring it up to the right level so people aren't going and (laughs) sucking their faces when they have it all right, is it tasting time, you I guys? think it's tasting time. Okay, what you bring us? So um, we do four flavors. They rotate kind of ever so often, but the main staple is we do a chocolate one, which is coconut milk, cacao, and dates. So that's, that's the most popular. Ugh. Very rich, very chocolatey. Then we do a strawberry, uh, which is just strawberries. Um, again, that's kind of not too sour, not too sweet. And strawberries are in season at the moment, so you get a really great taste from that one. And then we have a pineapple and passion fruit. Again, mm. slight, a tropical, slightly tart. And then the raspberry and orange, which is the super sour, super tart one, but very refreshing. And so I recommend you go down in that order. Go so down you, in the line? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay, that cool. way, okay, I'll start. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'll start, ready? <laughs> so that one's very rich, very chocolatey. The coconut, mm. kind of very coconutty taste. And we use- Very um, coconutty. Yeah, we use raw cacao in that one. So you get a very, very rich dark chocolate taste. Thank you. Will you pass me a spoon? I will. Thank you. That is delicious. And where is your store in Santa Monica located? So we are located at 729 on Montana Avenue, Suite 2, um, between Lincoln and mm. 7th. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna tell you what this tastes like to me. So, before I got healthy, before I went plant-based, I used to be obsessed with the Wendy's Frosties. This it does is better than a Wendy's Frosty. Oh my god! And it's good for me. And a lot of people say fudgesicles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. never had one, but a lot of people say it tastes a bit like a fudgesicle as well. It's so creamy. Yeah. This is a, so I'm uh, having the raspberry right now. That one's strawberry. Strawberry. Yes. Strawberry. Yeah. So I that, should know that. I love strawberries. Um. Unless. 
Delicious. No, I'm no, keeping no. this one all to myself. So. No, you can have it. But, I want <laughs> but you see, that one's very different from the chocolate. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that one's more creamy with the coconut. Yeah, and that one. This is more berry. Yeah. Very fruit forward, if I may use a wine term. <laughs> that one's pineapple and passion fruit. That one's super tropical and slightly tart. So it's mostly. I love tart. Pineapple with a hint of um, passion fruit. And um, what we try and do mm. with, when we mix the flavors, we try and do um, layering, which is a culinary term for kind of try you get different flavors at different points mm-hmm. um, wow and, and so that we found the you key, do yeah we found the key to that is never do anything 50 50 a lot of people have um tasted that one and be like oh that tastes like mango um because it's quite sharp from the passion fruit i love passion fruit though mm. i love everything that's happening in my mouth right now <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just fruit and natural fruit sugars and that's it and oh my god they're all how do you get me so smooth yeah it's all about we make it fresh every day you're gonna make it's... me cross to the west side just to find you guys <laughs> when you're opening one over here you know about yeah. the 405 yeah. can you get your stuff into ralph's we yeah, we wished <laughs> please it's down the street one day me. one day yeah one day Life hopefully goals. fingers crossed and so why why did you want to create something with no dairy that's vegan that's healthy what was what's the motivation why not just create what everyone else is doing yeah that's a really good question and um it was all came down to the fact that we had a really bad sweet tooth and we we loved frozen desserts but we didn't like what was in them and it was just something we always wanted we kind of look at the back of stuff and there's so many ingredients and there's so much dairy and there's so much sugar and you eat it and you don't feel good afterwards you never feel good afterwards like the first few scoops like yeah this is great i've kind of got my craving out Mm -hmm. of the way but then afterwards you're just like oh yeah these are so smooth yeah so creamy. I was not expecting that. And it's because... It really wasn't. And this is a problem because when a lot of people find us, they, they just think sorbet straight away and you think that kind of more icy texture. No. No. And, and that's so all, creamy. And that's all from adding all that water and all that sugar and anything like that. And if you if you take that out and you just let the fruit do all the work, like all the fruit... Like we... The only thing we take out are the seeds because raspberries have so many seeds. You mm-hmm. just like... You wouldn't believe it. And the same with strawberries. So we just take out the seeds and that's it but all the pulp all the skins and everything else go all in there um, and so you get air you get all of the fiber and everything else and that helps i'm not giving this one to you sorry <laughs> no mine well, then i'm gonna finish the chocolate cacao one without you <laughs> and like no, the chocolate it. and strawberry is very popular together or chocolate and raspberry is very popular i want to put them together in yeah. one spoonful and try them if you're listening or watching the facebook live so you have to go down to santa monica and try this yourself but Michael, tell us if someone doesn't live in LA and they don't have access to this, how can they make something healthy at home that's good for them and gonna feed their sweet tooth? The best way is, and, uh, and it's getting really popular now, is your nice cream, so bananas. Bananas are a great way to do it. Um, you can get frozen bananas really simple. You stick them in a blender and you can mix them up with some berries or some strawberries and they give that really kind of nice smooth texture kind of straight away. Um, that's kind of the best way to do it. We try to not use bananas in the store um, because we kind of feel like um, lots of people can do that in their home now as well. And you know, that's so interesting because every time I get a smoothie at these smoothie bars, all I taste is the banana at the not at the ones that aren't as good. And I'm just like, well, I can make this at home. I need something special when yeah. I go out. Also, I find every time we've tried to do something with bananas, banana tends to sabotage everything. And the it's pretty powerful yeah mm-hmm. yeah you just we we tried to do um a banana originally it was going to be banana and raspberry or banana and strawberry and every no matter how much strawberry you added or how much banana you took out it still ended up tasting just the banana right and so we kind of feel like it's not that special but it's great if you're at home and you want to just as a base put it in 
you can use some agave nectar or something like that to sweeten it because it's freely available or dates um personally i use dates i try to avoid agave because in large amounts we're just switching off here <laughs> this is my favorite the raspberry and orange yep um, i mean they're all delicious but my favorite are raspberry and orange and the chocolate yeah that's a really good combo because they're both quite strong flavors so you, when you have them together you still kind of get the profile yes. of each mm, yeah. so good it's really good and so tell us a little bit about your journey, which I know we started talking about earlier, but you came all the way from London to beautiful Santa Monica, California. You quit your corporate jobs that you guys were probably doing all right as attorneys, as lawyers. And so what made you make that leap? Like, what was it that was like, I've got to make a change? And did you know you would be successful? Were you scared? Not a clue. We, I've... <laughs> <laughs> looking back i feel like we were it was just i don't know i don't know how we even got this far we were just it was just crazy time of our lives passion yeah and it was kind of like i had a lot of friends further on in law and it's it's one of these professions where i see that it sucks you in and once you get the further you go along and the more you start earning it's harder to to jump back down from that lifestyle and so we were like if we're gonna do this we're gonna do it now um and so we quit we just gave our notices we quit we got married and then we just started from scratch and we were like, well, I've never even been to America before in my life. That's an even more amazing <laughs> fact yeah. factor of the story yeah, is that you guys also changed countries and you'd never been here. Yeah, I've never been to the States. Victoria had been to New York and like, why didn't you want to, why didn't you want to stay in England? Well, we kind of, we, when we came up with the idea, the first thing that went off in our head was like, wouldn't this be great in LA? And that was li- like, I'm not just saying that this is great. This would work great in LA. Divine inspiration. Yeah, it's where Pinkberry started. This is where like frozen desserts kind of really have a hub. People are much more health conscious. The weather's less seasonal. But we were like, we don't even know how to make it. We don't know if it would work. (laughs) We didn't have a clue. Yeah, I know. We started making it in our in our apartment in our kitchen, and we started giving it to friends and family. And then from there, we started kind of giving it to delis, kind of near where we live, and be like, would you like to buy this? You know, what do you think? What do we have to do? And then the packaging kind of got developed. And then eventually we bought this um, very small, well, we rented this very small, about the size of this room, production unit in a place called Hemel Hempstead outside of London. And we turned that into a mini factory and we started making it and we started selling it just to like small stores and supermarkets just to see if we could make it. What was the response like from the from the owners? Yeah, it was great. It was, um, you know, apart from in the winter when it was like awful because it was so cold. Right. But the summer we, we couldn't keep up. But again, it got to a point where we started speaking to like supermarkets and things like that. And it was like, that was never the dream. The dream was to come to LA. Mm. And we kind of said to ourselves, we either continue this route we're doing or we pack up and we go to LA. And by that point, we owned our own house. And then like we were living in Canterbury, just outside of London. We just bought a house that we just owned by ourselves. And, you know, this LA idea kept on coming back, kept on coming back. And we were like, well, let's look into it. So we started speaking to an immigration attorney, started looking into it. And it just kind of started snowballing and slowly progressing. Mm -hmm. And then it got to about, this is, we, we started this in 2012. So, and this is about 2014, we were at this point, we were talking about LA. And so it got to that point and we were like, well, it's now or never. And so we, we, we closed what we were doing. We, we messaged everyone that we were supplying and said, sorry, we're not supplying you anymore. <laughs> You're that's, done. That's it. And 
and then we we basically started a slow process of applying for our visa which was possibly the scariest thing of my life and basically selling everything we owned which involved going to like boot sales at four in the morning and selling our furniture and vacuums to people for like pounds you know the funny thing is we decided to do it the hard way which was we had to come over to the states and we had basically three months to find a lease in a store to open wow before they would give us the visa and that's not easy here yeah and, and neither of us has really been here victoria had been here once and we just had three months we missed this three months window we wouldn't be allowed back in the country for another year wow. and, and we wouldn't get our, <laughs> we wouldn't get our visa until we had the lease because they want to see that you're actually going to open the store and we were just we came we were airbnb with some people and we were just frantically going around all of la trying to find the lease and we came across our store on Montana Avenue straight away, and but we were like, mm, it's a bit small, not so sure. And so didn't want to write off other things. So we just kept on looking and looking. And then literally kind of the last couple of weeks we were here, that's that, we kept on coming back to that store. Montana we're, Avenue, by the way, is a perfect location. Yes. It's heavily trafficked. I used to live on there. Yeah. I used to live at Montana and 19th. And there used to be a joke when I was, and that was over 12 years ago. Yeah. There was a joke that you couldn't walk down Montana unless you had a baby, a dog, or a yoga mat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so your ice cream belongs Still kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good summation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, so we just came back to it and we didn't, we started negotiating and then we had to leave the country because we could, weren't allowed to stay any longer. And then we signed the lease finally back in the UK in August of 2015. And when we signed it with our, our contractor rang us and say the buildings burnt down. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, we literally just signed the ink and it was like the buildings burnt down. And, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, and oh I God. was literally pulling out my hair and then- la- Wait, you went back after you sold your vacuum, our house, your stuff. Every, yeah. And how long were you back for? We were staying with parents. We were there for um, like a month or so. And then we could come back again because we had this lease. So they would let us back okay. in. Okay, so and building burned down. And the building burned down. But l- luckily and unluckily, it, it was the building next door to us. It wasn't our building. Oh, wow. Yeah, so fortunate, but unfortunate at the same time. And so we were allowed back in for another three months. And then basically we had to get the store three months pretty much ready to then go back to London and apply for our visa which our lawyer was like, it would be, you know, a 10 minute informal conversation. We had a business plan about that thick, you know, financials and everything like that. And we got there and about six in the morning, you queue up on a rainy day in London to get into the embassy. And this woman just didn't like us for whatever reason. Oh no. Yeah. And she just, um, it wasn't questioning us about our business plan or our business. It was more like our age. Like why, how have you done this? You look really young and so on and so forth. And we weren't young, we know we're both in our thirties. And then anyway, then they send you away and then you pay and then you come back and she's like, you got your visa. But literally it was like the most nerve wracking 10 minutes of my life. You know? I was literally shaking as I was like at the booth. And yeah, so then we came over, then there was lots of delays to get the store finally opened. And then by July, 2016, that we opened. So very kind of roundabout kind of way of, of so doing it. So a year, yeah, yeah, like you said earlier. And we started in 2012 and we didn't get to the States until 2016. Wow, wow. Yeah entrepreneurship man takes a long time to get where you're gonna be yeah i don't know i don't know how we lasted that long to be honest (laughs) (laughs) and so congratulations and so how does the store do are people just lining up yeah like um the feedback from the store is amazing like everyone who tries it uh, loves it it's just you know we're in a little hidden spot so it's most of it's kind of like letting people know because the biggest struggle i think people like i don't understand what it is Mm because we're not 
we're not ice cream we're not sport froyo we're not you created sorbet. something completely new yeah and there's no name for it that's the bit we really struggle what do we call it frozen fruit if you say someone i've opened a gourmet ice cream store you know straight away yeah i know what that is or i open a froyo store yeah i know what that is but we opened up a store where we make frozen dessert made just from fruit and natural fruit sugar. well it's better than froyo and all those other things like this creamy deliciousness is better than ice cream mm-hmm. it's so uh, it melts in your mouth it's refreshing and light yeah yeah tasty he's not like paying us commercial. to say this <laughs> we are yeah. not affiliates you are not sponsoring the podcast this is our honest to god true yep Oh and all our toppings are vegan as well. We were kind of like really resistant with toppings to begin with. And we tried to do really healthy stuff. you see how stuff. I have three empty cups in front of me? <laughs> I'm working on this baby. <laughs> um, so yeah, we try and do like um, all vegan kind of toppings as well. So, you know, we weren't like originally, we weren't going to have sprinkles and things like that. But so many people wanted sprinkles. We kind of like just submitted it. And so fine, we have them now. But we're all about the soft serve. It's all about keeping it pure, neat and just kind of letting all the fruit do all the hard work. Mm-hmm. That's really the key for us. All right. Well, we're fans. So everyone watching on Facebook Live, thank you so much for tuning in. Michael, give a shout out to your website. Give a shout out to your location. One more time. And his wife and his baby. Yeah. Yeah. And congratulations. Hello, Victoria. Baby Esmeralda. (laughs) Hi, Victoria. (laughs) You can find us at frozenfruitco.com or on Instagram at frozenfruitco, all one word. And you can find us at 729 Montana Avenue, Santa Monica, between Lincoln and 7th. So, Michael, are you and Victoria plant-based? Is that why you started the Frozen Fruit Co. the way you did? We actually, so we try and be as plant-based as possible. And actually, ironically, we kind of got to that point because of starting the business. Because when we when we started it, we weren't plant-based. I have to admit, I didn't know much about, you know, nutrition or anything like that. But it was kind of doing this and the more you learn about it and the more you realize and the more you read about it and it just kind of naturally flowed for us to become once more and more kind of want to move towards kind of a plant-based diet mm-hmm. to understand what we do you really have to understand sugars and you know your carbs yeah. and things like that to get the recipes right and then you start kind of learning about it and it just you realize how important it is and that's kind of reverse kind of the product made us kind of go towards yeah, yeah, plant-based yeah. rather than it wasn't born out of a plant-based um, it wasn't from like knowledge into action it was from your actions it went backwards yeah yeah exactly um which may be a bit of a funny way about it but you know i'm glad it happened you have a new baby yes and so how are you going to raise your child with this diet i think it's important a lot of people i just don't think have the knowledge or understanding or the facts about it and i think that's the most important thing education and letting people understand you know why it's important to eat more plant-based what's the facts about it and just kind of learning that it's about a balanced diet and you know trying to get that right as much as possible i think that's the most important thing and what i'll try and stress to her and uh, shove some frozen fruit down of coke down (laughs) (laughs) well your kid is going to be addicted to healthy fruit instead of like sugar and addictive cereals and that kind of thing so you're going to start them out right that's amazing i feel like so many people these days the reason that we have all these sugar and dairy addictions are because that's what we grew up with and our parents didn't know better there's no blame here it is what it is but so we have to consciously remove ourselves from our addictions by slowly introducing 
new and better, healthier foods that have similar enough taste that we can then wean ourselves off of them. But it takes time, and I, I know it's not easy. So I think the younger someone can get started, God, they're so lucky yeah, and to get started healthy. This I feel like the next generation is so, there's so much more resources available to them and yeah. so much more information that there's so much it's so much easier for you to be able to make that choice. But she'll probably rebel and just want to eat Lucky Charms probably all day long. Probably, <laughs> probably. But Susie, you didn't rebel. Susie was raised very healthy. I was raised more healthfully than anyone else I knew. Yeah. Um, but I knew which friends had the, the Lucky Charms and which ones had <laughs> the, you know, Fruity Pebbles. And I knew which friends had which junk. But I still, what I think was so important is that my parents explained why we do what we do and didn't say you don't ever eat it they just said you know they got us junk cereal once a year at halloween yeah you know <laughs> um, i remember once uh, my mom offered us my friend and i ice cream and i said no i'm gonna have a grapefruit and my mother looked at me like what <laughs> and my friend was like i'll have the ice cream I'm like no no i feel like a grapefruit and that was just i was following what my body wanted and like yeah. it felt better to me and so the fact that I was given that option was, I mean, it was stricter than my friends, but it wasn't super, super, you know, stricter. I had to hide stuff, you know, as I got older, if I had candy, whatever. But it still taught me to, like, try to listen to my body, what it needs, you know, and this is why we eat fruits and vegetables, because they're good for you. Yeah. I found a short phase where you kind of just, you got a two weeks or three weeks, you got to get out of your system. And then after that, you kind of like, I don't want this stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's it's almost like a cleansing. If I had a choice between a Snickers bar or, you know, something healthy like an apple, actually I crave the apple. Like now I find it really hard to, to eat ice cream or anything like that. Even though sometimes we have to do it to test, see what competitors are doing, something like that. But mm -hmm. I feel awful afterwards because my body- You do just, a spit test. Yeah, like my- <laughs> like, It's hard to spit out ice cream <laughs> though. It kind of like absorbs That's into true. your tongue. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you end up feeling awful afterwards. Yeah. It's just like, actually, I don't really want this. It's too heavy, you know? Um, so yeah. And they say it takes about 21 days to reset. And so if you- are eating healthy and let's say you give up sugar or you give up something whether it's dairy or meat or something that you're like I don't think this is serving me right now for 21 days usually in most cases you stop craving it and I've even have it happen as quickly as five or six days and I remember I went on um, a juice cleansing retreat in Palm Springs for the first time years ago probably like six years ago and I got back and um, when you come off of the cleanse, it's it's all juicing the whole time and taking vitamins and supplements. And you get back and you do three days of just e eating raw plants. And then you can eat again. And so to celebrate that I was back, my hubby, he was my boyfriend at the time, and my husband now took me out to one of our favorite Thai restaurants. And look, not that Thai food is super healthy or super bad, but I would just get veggies and curry. It's not that bad, you would think. I couldn't even take the food because it was so overflavored. It was so salty. I couldn't even, my taste buds were like, ew, how did you used to love this food? And that was only after five or six days. So we really can create phenomenal change, change our cravings in a very short amount of time. Now, 
of course, there's the psychological part of it as well. And that probably takes a little bit longer, but you can change things in not a lot of time. So anyone listening, I just encourage you, like you can do this at home. If you're in LA, you can go to Santa Monica and go to Michael and Victoria's store and you can change your taste buds because this is delicious. I am going to demand that you guys open a location over here. Yes, Hollywood. Hollywood, West, West Hollywood, Hollywood. Please. It was between Santa Monica or West Hollywood. No, I think you made the perfect choice. Yeah. To start. Yeah, because it's so hot. I mean, it's hot here too, but it's like people are walking off the beach over there and they just want to come get something cool. People are going to brunch. And they want something sweet afterwards. I think it's a great location. You like to talk about thinking outside of the box and going against the grain. Yeah, I kind of, I feel like uh, if if our kind of story was to be penned, it kind of be like going against the grain. You guys took a lot of risks. I mean, I love your story. Yeah, I... I I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider us, like, risk people, but... No, you were lawyers. You had that kind of safety, what, what the world considers kind of a safe job. A lot of my friends were... There's kind of two people, like, that are all of my friends. The people kind of stayed being lawyers, and they kind of commit to it. And then the other people, just like me, have a midlife crisis. Like, that's it, I can't do this anymore. But I not even mid-quarter-life crisis. Yeah, and no, it is, no, yeah exactly. It's a, it's a something you 20, you're 20... I was 26. Quarter-life what, crisis? Yeah, and... I uh, told my dad I had a quarter-life prizes and he laughed in my face i'm sure he did and then i know it's a real thing now because everyone i know had one too just side no it is it's a hundred and like a lot of my friends they move into other professions but it's the it's the sad it's kind of they need the salary to kind of survive and um i I think the only difference between us and my friends was that we were kind of willing to kind of suck that up and kind of like you know just take that risk take a risk yeah um but um i i I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say like you know we're, we're crazy people you know we're not going to go bungee jumping or jump you know crazy things like that you don't seem crazy <laughs> you're not risk takers no nature. we're pretty simple I think we're just I just uh, it's all about I think once we come up with an idea we kind of st- we, we commit to it well that's the difference between adrenaline junkies the people that want to like go yeah. f- skydiving jump off a cliff looking chasing that versus people that know they want to work for themselves A this is what Alice and I are and you are and they want to create something new. They don't want to live. They want to live in the box. They want to think outside the box. Also, we hate being told what to do. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> if someone, it, we both hate it with a passion. If you like, if someone tells us what to do, we'll just do the opposite just to annoy the person. Yeah. And I always say to Victoria, you're a rebel. Yeah, I always say to Victoria, like, um, I think there's something wrong with us. I think we like pain, you know, because mm-hmm. I, like being an entrepreneur and starting a business is just pain, you know. It is. And there's such a difference I've realized between having a boss and having a client. So, you know, people that need your services, need your ice cream, need Susie's voiceover work, what have you, are your clients. And they treat you with so much more respect as a business owner than you are respected when you have a boss. And, and I'm generalizing. I realize some people have wonderful bosses. Um, but for me, that was the difference because I was you know, I, I never even had a full-time job, but in my part-time jobs, I was working at the news. There were so many times where I was just disrespected. I was a PA on set, totally disrespected. When you're a business owner, no matter what, you're respected. And that's important to me. And it's also, I find there's a different pressure. When I was a lawyer, there was pressure, like, but it was a different pressure. It was kind of pressure to get something done and something yeah. chasing you. Whereas now it's kind of like, it's, the only pressure you have is how much pressure you want to put on I was yourself. I going to say an internal pressure. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like this constant internal pressure and you can't, you go home and you think about stuff and you talk about stuff and it's harder to switch off and it's a different type of pressure. 
but I kind of feel like it's the pressure that drives you on. Um, but it's very different. Yeah. Like from being in a high pressure environment, but still pressurized. Well, you, you have to I mean? be driven. Like not everyone is cut out for this. Not everyone mm-hmm. wants to do this. And that's totally And not fine. everybody could. Can you imagine if everybody quit their jobs and everybody wanted to be entrepreneur? Not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. There would be chaos in the streets. There would be. With no one shopping in them because everyone's. Um, did you guys ever hit a point where you wanted to quit? Um, there have been points where it was just like, this is just too much. Because we never even ran a dessert store before. We never even run a store before. So all hell broke loose. You know, we break machines. like Fruit flying in the air. Well, you see, not far off. We like, we break, because our product's not designed, we use um, soft serve machines and our product's not designed for soft serve machines. You know, you're meant to use, oh. you know, your Froyo mixes. And so sometimes we overpressurize and we didn't really know what we we're doing. A machine breaks, product starts spouting out, going all over the place, over customers and things like that. And you just don't expect. And, you know, it's just, I think it, I've definitely, it, in terms of, it changes you in terms of like being able to solve problems. I think you start to look at stuff in a completely different way. Um, and it's a, in a good way, not in a bad way. I think it's been a really kind of good experience. I think being a successful entrepreneur is just constantly being able to put out small fires. I was reading somewhere that um, the best entrepreneurs are the ones and everyone has an internal problem limit and you've got to be able to set your problem limit above what every any problem you can deal with. So let's say the top problem is 10. You need to be able, as an entrepreneur, you need to be set your problem limit to 11. And, mm. you know, turn it to 11. All our amps That's go to 11. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then no no problem phases you. Whereas <clears throat> if, your current, if your current problem limit is like two and you're dealing with five problems, you're going to, freak out and you won't be able to deal with it so a lot of it is mindset and kind of just dealing i find it a lot of it is just kind of dealing with your own brain and kind of putting it into check mm, yeah uh, that's the hardest and bit. prioritizing yeah and yeah. so i find that really insightful so that's what i try and do but i don't know if i'm at 11 yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of things that i'm always reading and hearing from super successful entrepreneurs and people who have built businesses from the ground up and become successful is that um, you learn as you go, you figure it out, and then you hire people smarter than you to do the things that you can't do or you don't want to do. And that's kind of the secret to success is that you don't have to know how to do everything. You have to know a little bit about everything, hire people smarter than you, and then you can't fail. But the problem is a lot of people try to do everything and therefore no one can do everything. I can't do this without Susie, my co-host, or without Roxy, my producer and editor, or without my other editor, Christina, or without my show notes writer, Mel, or without my Instagram poster, Mora, or my social media coach, Tara. Like, I have a team. And if I did it all myself, I would probably... You try sometimes. Well, I've tried. (laughs) I I think that's like the nail on the head, 100%. Yeah. Um, It's... It's, and the hard bit is when you're starting and you haven't got that network yet and you have to do everything yourself and then it can get a bit overwhelming especially kind of when you're trying to work out with five have I got enough funding to have someone else can I get someone else in to help me and things like that that's the hardest bit so it's always just getting I feel like getting over that first hurdle so what are you doing next uh, we ideally we want to be able to open another store uh, the plan is hopefully to be able to do one by the end of 2018 um, it takes about a year to open a store, finding it, getting your permits, mm-hmm. building it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the plan. We want to be able to do another one and then maybe another few in the LA area and then kind of just see where it goes from and there. And then take over America. Take over America. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Go gonna... to Ohio where you're really from and then New York because they need this here. Yeah, there. totally. 
I'm going to encourage you to come to West Hollywood because they just opened Coco Bella in Hollywood. And it's not the same because it's not fruit based, but it's a vegan ice cream. So I feel like it would still be our competition. So also selfishly, because I live in West Hollywood. So I need it here. West Hollywood is, is prime on the spot for us next. We just don't know where. That's the hardest bit, finding mm-hmm. finding the spots yeah. and kind of well, getting the cash together to do the next door. That's, yes. the, that's the hard bit. Yes. <laughs> And Michael, what tips do you have for all the male entrepreneurs out there in this wellness field? So um, I run a business with my wife, which is, that was a very big decision for both of us. And honestly, we spend pretty much all our time together. Apart from when the baby's been born the last two weeks, we were pretty much, any time we spent apart was shower time, really. <laughs> you know, and it's intense. Which you can also spend together. <laughs> but then that would be too much. <laughs> You need that break. That's your space. <laughs> That's where you get your space. Yeah. When I was starting out, a lot of my friends and family were actually like, should you be starting a business with your wife or, you know, your partner? You know, is it a good idea? Spending all that time together. A lot of people wanted to separate those two lives together. Yeah. And um, I actually think it's, it depends on your situation. You, I feel like you've got to be able to work with your spouse. If you can spend a lot of time with them, then do it. I, I find Victoria brings stuff to the tables that's completely different from what I bring to the table mm-hmm. and we bring different insights and you know it we do argue a lot about stuff you disagree on a lot of things yeah um, which sometimes make it hard but the key is um just learn to forgive really quickly you know because it's her business just as much as my business mm. and so you've got to disagree on stuff it's good but you know if you argue and you just move on quickly and I think that's one of our why we work so well together we're not scared to say what you're talking about you mug <laughs> you know like and you've got to but you've got to move on quickly from it and you've got to repair that relationship quickly and we do that and it works really well for us likewise if it doesn't work for you and you like that separate time don't force the person to work with you i think it's, it, it all depends on the relationship yeah and the other one i find is kind of like um i think kind of as a male entrepreneur there's kind of this stigma of kind of you've got to be full-on kind of pants and suit hardcore guy you know that's in a ferrari doing all this other stuff and whereas actually i think being a more kind of emotional aware kind of male entrepreneur is what people are more looking for Mm -hmm. and being able to connect with your target market especially in more health conscious products which increasingly there is i think a male presence but most of it's a female present market so and people don't want the hard sell anymore it's more about value value relationships and building a presence with people and connecting with people especially socially and everything like that mm-hmm. so being able to actually really be in touch with yourself and know what you want and getting your message across so it reads right i think that's really important getting rid of this kind of hardcore stigma about yeah, i like i'm an entrepreneur you know making ten thousand dollars a day um which i don't think i didn't get to be an entrepreneur to make ten thousand dollars a day mm-hmm. i mean it'd be nice 20? yeah 20. <laughs> <laughs> for me it's it's like you know and being an entrepreneur is about solving a problem for like for a profit okay that's part of the business but it's about problem solving and adding that and i think the best businesses are the ones where you focus on value and not and not money Um, it's tough though i was having this discussion with a cousin of mine and uh, who has this kind of idea that all businessmen are kind of going for the money and if you don't take care of your money and don't make good money then the business and its values go out of business so it's this kind of Balancing. balancing act of like it does have to be profitable otherwise it won't be there any, that long to create the value yeah and it's it's a really hard struggle because you gotta you gotta look at your financials you gotta look at your profit and loss every day and you know it will make time for it but 
again, I feel the best companies are the ones that you focus on what your product is. Yeah. And you focus on getting your message out about that and why you're doing it and really connecting with your customer base. Because you can do that now. When I was like 20, even when I was 20, like at university, there wasn't that, you couldn't really connect with your audience. But now it's so easy to connect with them and interact with them and build a presence. And people like honesty, you know. Yeah. and you know tell them about your entrepreneurial journey tell them why you're doing this and connect with them i think that's that's kind of sometimes i think a bit harder i hear you mm-hmm. all right michael we really appreciate hearing your story tasting all of this delicious what should i call it frozen fruit yeah and i want to call it saucer because it tastes like saucer but i know it's not saucer so i'll just compare it to saucer it's delicious come it's, back anytime yeah no, thank you very much <laughs> and bring your delicious <laughs> treats and bring a machine next time <laughs> yeah yeah, and just keep pumping it out. Yeah, we'll have to come visit your store. Congratulations to your wife, Victoria. And congratulations on your new baby. And please remind everyone where they can find you online, stalk you on Instagram, come to your store, all that good stuff. Yeah, so we are Frozen Fruit Co. And you can find us on Montana Avenue at 729 Montana Avenue, Suite 2. And between Lincoln and 7th or online at frozenfruitco.com or on Instagram or Facebook at Frozen Fruit Co. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our interview with Michael. And we wish him and his wife, Victoria, well. They just had their new baby. We're so excited for them. And the frozen fruit, Susie, was it to die for? Look, um, I kind of don't know how I feel about Facebook Live right now because you had an over-the-shoulder view of me polishing off three different flavors and I am headed to Montana Avenue where I used to live yeah to visit their store and say hello because it was really really fantastic it was so good I'm so happy I discovered them I'm so happy they actually reached out to us and so it's kind of rare now that we say yes but we said yes because they had a good pitch and now we got to taste their ice cream and we know they're legit they really took high risks in their life to develop their company they worked harder than we ever had to work because we didn't have to move to another country get a visa keep coming back deal with the fire that is true they're pretty impressive they're pretty amazing we are so grateful to have them check them out on montana avenue and if you are an entrepreneur and you want some coaching you want to take your wellness business to the next level we have an opportunity for you we talked about it in the beginning and we're actually going to talk about it even more on our bonus friday episode but if you just can't wait you can check out foodhealsnation.com whitney and learn all about whitney lauritsen the eco vegan gals creative wealth course geared towards entrepreneurs just like you who want to up level their business monetize their business and market their business. So if you want to make money doing what you love, this course is for you. Over two weeks, you'll receive the skills, the tools, the tips to help you break through financial blocks, get clear on your goals and grow your audience and find the revenue generation strategies that work best for you and your brand. And we told you about the bonuses. So you know what those are. I'll quickly go over them. You're going to get three months access to the Food Heals VIP Club what, what? with never before heard podcast episodes. You're also going to get Susie's manifestation meditations. That's me. Thank you, Susie. And so we want to help you grow your wellness brand. Whitney is the person that helped me grow my wellness brand when I was just starting out with Food Heals. So I'm super grateful to her. I know that she does great work. And if you're interested, go to foodhealsnation.com slash Whitney. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. Bye-bye. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. 